What happens when community and regional banks put the right infrastructure in place? You can call it progress, but it also gives those institutions a chance to run with the big dogs. To explain the connection between tech and success, we'll chat with Jeff Galloway, Vice President of Product and Implementations and a Crew Product Lead at Core10. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. If you're looking to grow your digital banking business, check out Lemonade LXP, the digital growth platform for financial institutions and fintechs. Lemonade LXP has both ingredients you need to drive digital growth, a learning experience platform that uses daily micro-learning to give staff the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support your digital capabilities, and a digital adoption platform that supports your digital capabilities with technology walkthroughs that you can author in just minutes. So if you're rolling out new technology, merging with or acquiring another FI, or just looking to drive digital banking growth, you gotta drink the lemonade. For more information, check out Lemonade LXP at www.lemonadelxp.com. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. Lou Carlozo, your host in the Bankadelic Bunker in Chicago. And what a year it has been for us. We've hit the 25,000 listen mark. I wasn't even sure we'd get to 25 listens, period. That's <laughs> what we started out. But here we are. And today on the podcast, I cannot wait to get started with the one and only Jeff Galloway, based in Victoria, British Columbia. Jeff is the Vice President of Product and Implementations and a Crew Product Lead at Core10. He's been a noteworthy leader in the banking space for more than 10 years. Before joining Core10, Jeff founded Origin CRM, a technology consultancy focused on advising community and mid-market banks on digital transformation, always a crucial subject. Today, he leads Core10's product and implementation teams as they deliver the accrued digital lending and accrued digital account opening platform to banking customers. Jeff, welcome to Bankadelic. Lou, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Now, I'm curious about this because I should know, right? But as a podcast host, I'm never bashful to admit that I've got a learning curve. I'd love if you could tell me a little bit about the accrued digital lending and accrued digital account opening platforms as those pertain to Core 10. Maybe you can explain what those things are and what your company's role is in making them a highlight experience for people in the space. Yes, happy to. So Accrue is our lending and account opening platform, which we've designed for the needs of community and regional banks. And just to note, Accrue being the product, Core10 is the company. So Core10 is our broader company. Our mission at Core10 is to be the trusted easy button for banks on their digital transformation and innovation journey. So Accrue being one of the offerings we help our banks with. 
there can be so many different products or offerings on the market, but to consumers and to banks, they may look alike. Maybe you can tell me how the tech at Core 10 is making it possible to both stand out and simplify. Yeah, and to do that, I might give you a bit of backstory on the company too. Yeah. Our story almost of how we got there. So Core 10 is actually quite established. We've been around since 2016. When we were originally focused on software development, on core integrations, and API development, we were specifically at the time working for some of the major cores, as well as a variety of fintechs. We kind of took those years of learnings and transitioned to now become more of a product company as well, where we're moving from doing development directly for customers to also building our own products for the banking sector. So it was that experience of core integrations that led to the development of our accrued product as well as our mesh product, which powers our banking as a service integration layer capabilities. So it's really that kind of history and learning that helped inform what we've brought to market and how we then help banks with connectivity across not only their cores and third parties, but all the different processes we have built within our platforms. Grateful for the background on the company and that mention of 2016 and how the company has changed. I think the story for so many fintechs in the space is what has happened pre-pandemic and post-pandemic and meeting bank customers where they are in the post-pandemic world is a shift. That's a challenge. Now, how do you see bank and customer expectations shift in this environment we're in now? Yeah, great question. When I look back to the last few years, the pandemic, in a sense, forced banks and financial institutions, instead of focusing on how to improve existing processes, all of a sudden they really had to figure out how to operate in a digital-only world. And we've kind of now moved into this post-pandemic phase. And what we're seeing is that the lines between, I'd say, in-branch processes and online processes have really blurred in that customer expectations have shifted to where they now want the ability to either pick and choose at their convenience, whether they want a process step to occur in branch or online. And it's really kind of an acceleration of the need to have an omni-channel business model and solutions for customers. And like I said, it's not just banking, it's across industries where those customer expectations have shifted. Yeah. And when you talk about that, I see as an analog, correct me if I'm wrong, this movement from the core and the core products to the best of breed fintech strategies. It's not a gimme for some institutions, but there is an argument that banks have to move in that direction. How would you sum up the argument and why they need to break away from this legacy line of thinking? Yeah, well, one of the longstanding challenges I'd say for community and mid-market banks is that they've historically been dependent on their core providers for the vast majority of their technology needs. So to your point, if every bank is buying every product directly from the core provider, inherently they're receiving average solutions that makes it tough for them to differentiate based on technology. So within Core 10, that's where we've developed our banking as a service platform that has pre-built connectivity as well as an API framework that's really set up to enable banks to pursue a best of breed FinTech strategy, whereby they can connect in where needed to either different fintechs, to their cores, to different internal applications that have been built, that we can really tailor it to support their differentiation strategy and how we can help technology unlock what they want to do to compete in the market. With that, I wonder what the challenges are for you there, right? Because even 
the best companies and the ones that are making the progress, Core 10, in my mind, being one of them, you run up against these obstacles. Maybe it's dealing with the company that you are talking to. Maybe it's what the technology is not yet enabled to do, not just at your company, but anywhere. What are some of the things that you face as you try to help spread this message and get things going so that more people can participate in your ecosystem? I would say that the banking sector being a highly regulated industry has unique challenges in how we adopt and embrace new disruptive technologies. The flip side to these challenges, though, is the opportunity. When you can properly embed the tech in a way that's tightly aligned to a bank's operations, you can really create something special. So for us at Core 10, we're always attempting to find the balance between designing and creating compelling technology that moves the needle for our customers while maintaining or ideally enhancing the policies, procedures, and regulatory controls that are critical to bank operations. And I would imagine that it's part of staying nimble for you, right? Yep, exactly. It really does need to be tailored back to what that bank is looking to accomplish and how we can design and shape the tech to unlock what they want to be able to provide to their customers. And I would think to that end, we are talking about this theme now that the Megas and to a certain extent, the Neos have been very aggressive about staking out turf. The Megas by virtue of their size and the Neos by virtue of their relentless focus on the tech. How can the smaller and mid-sized FIs compete, especially given the environment we have now? Yeah, that's a terrific question. And when you look at what the mega banks and the neo banks have done, if they've really been able to position themselves for that growth by providing a fully digital customer experience, and then really once they have that infrastructure and those digital processes in place, that's what's enabled them to scale and grow rapidly on that repeatable technology. So what we're doing at Core 10 is really seeing, hey, how can we, given these competitive threats, help community and regional banks compete in that space and really our goal is to help build market-leading technologies and connectivity to give them an edge. And if it would help, I'm happy to give an example of where that's worked. I would love that. It makes it easy for me to understand. Yeah. So I'm a big believer that community and regional banks that embrace a focused business strategy, whether that be regional-focused, industry-focused, or product-focused, with the right technology infrastructure, we can position them well to go against the digital banks and the mega banks, and the neo banks, so to speak. One example that I like to reference is Axiom Bank. So Axiom is a community bank down in Florida that we've been working with for just about a year at this point. For context, they're just shy of a billion in assets, and they're able to punch well above their weight class because they have digital transformation initiatives that are designed around enabling their differentiation strategy. So to go deeper into that, their commercial lending business, for example, has a very deep industry focus on specific sectors. We've implemented our accrued lending solution tailored to their industry use cases. So what that means is, you know, aligning the platform to their credit and lending policies, their business processes, building a fully automated book to core capability to their core platform. And that's really allowed them to use a single platform for a large variety of business processes. And for a bank like Axiom, what's awesome about it is there's no way that the mega banks or the neo banks can compete against their tailored industry focus within the markets they serve because inherently their solutions at the digital banks and the neo banks are quite generic. So, for example, let's say I have a customer that's looking for a commercial real estate guidance line of credit secured by some sort of very niche industry focused collateral. 
the axioms of the world are going to win those deals every day of the week against the digital and neobanks once they have the right technologies in place to support those processes. So if you're axiom, you get to say, ha! <laughs> exactly. Now, this is a question that I often come back to in podcasts because it's really about what you and your company do day in and day out. I might expect that there's a scenario where they say, Jeff, I love it. I love what you're talking about and what you can do for us. I have no clue where to start. What do you tell them? There's usually a few questions that I like to ask back. What is the biggest pain points here that are preventing you from executing on your strategy to really narrow in on what's most pertinent to make sure that we're focusing on what's going to give us the most value given the effort? And the second piece is I like to focus on where they see themselves competing and where they're differentiating in the market. What actions can we take that are going to enable them to execute on that strategy? So it's really focusing on the most competitive value add pieces, as well as kind of determining and agreeing on what we're going to say no to. So that's sometimes half the challenge is figuring out what not to do just to reduce the number of competing priorities. And the rest of the challenge going forward may be a fun one, which is to maybe take a short step backward and then a step forward, right? In the pandemic years, it was often repeated, and it seems to be true that in one year, the tech-surrounded banking made a seven-year leap in progress, and things were accomplished that no one thought were possible. Now, let's say you and I are sitting down and having this conversation a year from now. We're just talking over coffee or a beer or whatever it is you like to drink. I like them both. <laughs> and I say, what's changed? What's changed with the technology? What's changed in terms of the things you are now capable of doing that weren't possible before? because the tech wasn't there. What might we be talking about? A year and maybe even further out from now, a few of the bigger changes that we're gonna see are one further establishing kind of this omni-channel model that we're talking about. Like I was mentioning around some of the historical processes that are looked at as either in branch or online. I think we're gonna see those lines continue to blur whereby sub-process steps can either occur through a variety of different channels whereby we're using tech to enable the ability to meet customers where they want to fulfill a process step. What I'm referring to would be having almost interchangeable process steps depending on the customer's preferences. And I think we're also going to continue to see AI technologies impact in the banking sector, especially. I think we see a lot of people talking about what's possible in the commercial banking space, when I look at what's possible around generative AI for things like credit analysis and reviews, in addition to the ability for additional process automation that's going to come out of these technologies, we'll probably see things just continue to evolve and improve. I don't foresee any other seven-year type shifts over the next year, but you never know what's in store in the world. Yeah, and hopefully no pandemics either, right? <laughs> I was trying to say that in a nice way, but hopefully nothing like that or anything that's going to cause too big of issues. Mm -hmm. But the progress continues. You have been a pretty eloquent and sensible spokesman for that and really taking the lead within the company. So you're not just talking about it, you're doing it. And that you could make time from a busy schedule to be on the podcast today. 
really means a lot to me. Jeff, thank you for being on Bankadelic. Yeah, thank you so much, Lou. And I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to talk about We've Got Balls, but hopefully next time. <laughs> oh, no. Jeff is referring to a bowling comedy that was released as an independent film that I did the soundtrack for. And anybody listening who wants to hear some of these songs, hit me up. You might be surprised. You might regret it. I don't know. <laughs> Again, Jeff, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Jeff Galloway, based in Victoria, British Columbia, is the vice president of product and implementation and a crew product lead at Core 10. Be sure to look for Jeff on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. With more than 1.2 million page views annually, Talking Biz News is the go-to source for happenings in business journalism. Whether you're a PR professional, a business journalist, or someone just breaking into the field, TBN is a source that you cannot do without. Whether you're following the Washington Post, New York Times, local media outlets, or some feisty news startup, Talking Biz News has you covered. Job openings are also listed and updated every day on the TBN website. Be sure to sign up for your free subscription to the TBN newsletter at Talking Biz News. That's Talking B-I-Z News.com. Well, 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 Mr. Carloza, you step on into our back office. We're hoping you can help us today. Well, sure. What do you need? <laughs> well, before you can analyze exactly what the problem is, we need you to take off your shirt and lie down belly first on that cot over there. You, you got to be kidding me. I'm here to look at your back office. That's right. And we're here to look at your back to make sure you belong in this back office. Why don't you step over there and take your shirt off and... No, I, I, I... We're gonna get it your scapula a little bit of pressure. Ow! And then we're gonna work on that little lumbar with some reiki. Oh! Yeah, stop! Get off of me! And then we're gonna... <laughs> no, 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 
not, not, not. Wait, wait. I'm here to help you with your back office. I am not here to have you help me with my back. You got a problem with the way we run our business? <laughs> no, no, well, well. I, you know, as a matter of fact, I do have a problem. I don't see how the hell you can confuse the operations of a bank back office with my back and my back being in your office and you wanting to touch my back. Mr. Carloza, you don't have to be unreasonable about this. What do you mean? Well, if you'd just give us a chance, we'd be more than happy to cast this check for you. Yeah, I think we agreed on $100, right? No, this check here is for $100,000. Yeah, okay, where's the cop? Where's the cop? Where do I lay down? Three bullseyes. Number one. What we're seeing is that the lines between in-branch processes and online processes have really blurred in that customer expectations have shifted to where they now want the ability to either pick and choose at their convenience, whether they want a process step to occur in-branch or online. Number two. One of the long-standing challenges, I'd say, for community and mid-market banks is that they've historically been dependent on their core providers. If every bank is buying every product directly from the core provider, inherently they're receiving average solutions that makes it tough for them to differentiate based on technology. Number three. In the commercial banking space, when I look at what's possible around generative AI for things like credit analysis, and reviews in addition to the ability for additional process automation that's going to come out of these technologies. We'll probably see things just continue to evolve and improve, but you never know what's in store in the world. And now, lose views. Oh boy, things have gotten tough financially all over in 2023. Relentless interest rate hikes, a jittery stock market, even cryptos are in the dumps. The FTA X disaster, the Silicon Valley bank debacle, and the government can't seem to avert a shutdown without a showdown. How did it get to this? Well, as a longtime member of the media, I love telling the people I know that it's healthy to take a break, often a long break, from the headlines. What's left, besides blessed silence, is time to mull over our future and seize control of the things we can. And as Jeff Galloway of Corten reminded us on today's show, small and regional banks have that shot to get their infrastructure ready to rock, provided they keep themselves free of the naysaying and distractions. It's one thing to lament about the sad state of affairs, but quite another to seize opportunity where others see fear. The new infrastructure? That might not seem all that glamorous, but as the cornerstone to financial success, it might just be marvelous. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Ken Montone. Our business consigliere, the one and only Rob Gaynor. Dude, I totally got into the show. Thanks as always to the William Mills Agency for their generous support. Thanks also to Banker Hire, Lemonade LXP, and Talking Biz News, a division of Vested LLC. 
I'm Lou Carloso. You can catch me on LinkedIn and at the Civil War reenactment as Abraham Lincoln. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD+, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.